The number one source for informative talk on the World Wide Web. World Talk Radio. What do you do when a sudden burst of wind knocks down 150 porta potties at once? We'll find out from our guests, Ed Lydecker and Shane Seeley of Wide Awake Films, when we return on Civil War Talk Radio. How much time each day do you spend managing your personal or business calendar? 15 minutes, a half an hour, maybe more. Is the conference room available for next week's meeting? And how many people do you have to ask to find out? Have you ever misplaced or, worse yet, lost your day planner or handheld device? And what do you do about that missing information? Do you own or operate a salon or carpets cleaning business? How about a realty office or any one of a thousand other service-based organizations? Can your customers make their appointments even when your office is closed? If any of this sounds familiar, then Schedule Online is the solution for you. For more information, call toll-free 888-668-3355. That's 888-668-3355. Or visit us online at www.schedulonline.com. Are you a busy event planner, an auction chair, or development coordinator? Well, AuctionHelp.com is designed for you. Find out why hundreds of nonprofit organizations just like yours have chosen AuctionHelp.com to take the stress out of the benefit auction process. Hi, I'm Russ Dalnack, professional auctioneer, and I'm also someone who can help you coordinate your next auction. That's right. We have a special staff of auction management experts to give you that auctioneer to, to get the right person behind the microphone that will encourage your guests to be generous. We can also meet with your auction committee throughout the whole planning process. We're going to give you helpful hints that could add as much as 25% to next year's totals. We're going to train and monitor your auction volunteers the night of the event. We're going to help you run your auction, including the registration, the data entry, the filing, the cashiering, the recording, where to get those valuable items, how to develop your audience, and all those things. Log on, auctionhelp.com. We're here to help with your next Next auction. World Talk Radio. Interested in advertising on any of our shows? Please click the advertise link on the homepage or send an email to ads at worldtalkradio.com or you can click on the sponsor this show link on any of the show pages. Welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. Today, talking with Ed Leidecker and Shane Seeley from Wide Awake Films, makers of video documentaries based on Civil War reenactments. Gentlemen, we talked in our first segment about some of the the logistics uh, of how you go about creating these uh, very interesting films, these these video representations of events that happened long before our lifetimes. Uh, And in the the little uh, introduction to this segment, I asked a question we'd already answered about what happens when you, as you describe it, suffer a sudden uh, a microburst, a storm sweeps through, knocks down all the tents, all the portagens, and you pointed out when that happens, you just stay up all night and put them all back up. But it, it seems to me 
the effort of doing something like this, of putting together a film where you've got uh, hundreds of reenactors and you have to, as you said, feed them, uh, organize them, keep things sanitary, keep everybody happy and healthy for a few days, really is like running a small military campaign. Yeah, you know, one of my favorite generals is Sherman, and, and he was adept at uh, the administrative side of you know, moving an army and keeping it fed. And uh, uh, we try to definitely not be like Sherman in other respects, but... Um, uh, it's, you don't uh, burn down people's houses. Yeah, 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 you know. I mean, if it's contributing to the enemy war effort, that's another story, but... Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Or, you know, for what we're doing on camera. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a challenge, it's, uh, but it's fun. It, it's just, it's one of those, you know, we, we, it's like entering uh, a military campaign. You're absolutely right. You, we show up typically on a, I'd say a midday on a Wednesday uh, before the event starts. And, uh, uh, you know, we simultaneously have sales locations. So uh, we, we basically have, have probably been to the site at least one or two other times prior to this. Um, it's about a, a 12-month genesis of, you know, how from getting the contract to actually getting the shoot going. Um, so we we try to go in and figure out, okay, uh, you know, looking at all kinds of things, uh, topography of land, for example, uh, uh, you know, where's if it really pours for three days, where's this water going to go? And uh, let's make sure we're not camping there or setting up a booth there, which we did have happen at an event, Shiloh, with all our because we have a lot of electronics in these tents. And uh, at the Shiloh, I believe it's the 130th anniversary event, very large event that was basically rained out. And the first time I'd ever experienced that in my years of, of doing this. Um, but our our tent was uh, with electricity running, had I'd say about a foot into Two feet of water, you know, within it, and uh, it was it was a bad bad uh, booth of a choice, and I think I took the the burden on that. But uh, so you know, looking at where we set up the tents, uh, where we base out of, we typically have an armada of uh, four wheelers and, and golf carts and things that we could quickly get uh, people and, and equipment to. Um, uh, you know, it's it's definitely something that. Um, having experience and having gone down the, the, the road and knowing where all the potholes are has been definitely uh, helpful. Well, you know, I, I, we had uh, Dmitry Rogov, who's Rotov, uh, who is a uh, blogger, but also uh, head of the McClellan Society on once, and I think I observed to him that as much as everyone knocks George McClellan, he was able to get 125,000 people from Washington down to the peninsula in pretty good shape. Absolutely. And, you know, I can't get two kids and my wife and the dog into the way and for <laughs> Yeah, but they didn't elect him in uh, 64, though. So. No, no. He, some things he couldn't do. There were, he, there, but he did have his strengths. And he did. The administration is not to be laughed at. It's, it's a challenge. It is. It's absolutely a challenge. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we just have, are fortunate. Like the Spotsylvania event I think Ed was talking about, we were fortunate enough to have just some wonderful, uh, you know, between Rob and I, uh, just wonderful friends who, who have a lot of background in other administrative functions as well, but have been reenacting for a long time and kind of know the ropes and good level-headed folks, which is what you need because, uh, you know, sometimes you get people out that, that have been maybe in rain or adept severe weather for, you know, four or five hours straight, and it can, as a, you know, I think as a contemporary person, it can definitely impact your <laughs> mental well-being for a while because it's, there's a lot to deal with. And, yeah, we're uh, not used to that, are we? No. We're not. We're not. We can usually go to McDonald's and, you know, and crank the heat up a little bit. Yeah. Now, 
I, I cannot resist asking this question, and feel free to uh, evade it if you wish. Can you make money doing what you're doing? You know, actually, Jerry, the, the hardest thing has been when, you know, Shane and I first got back involved in this and we had the, the support of, a, of our company um, because of other finances to be able to afford to do these events. It has taken an incredibly long time to recover the amount of investment that we put into these because, I mean, we hire that many people. Um, you know, you try to sell enough DVDs that will at least cover your hard costs so that you come back and you're even at that point. But when we come back, we spend you know a month worth of script writing, two solid months of editing on these projects, and what we have to do is push our other pro. Well, we try to do other projects at the same time to keep the doors open, but it literally takes you years to recover the amount of investment and time because people think it's uh, not that expensive to produce these, but uh, you can put a tremendous amount of money and finances in it, and you don't know on the back end if you'll sell any of them. And so it's a risk, it's a, it's a challenge, but the enjoy, enjoyment that we get out of it, the differences that we make in communities about you know, making people aware of the beautiful battlefields that we need to preserve, and maybe the next time a developer comes in, he might think twice about that piece of land where 10,000 soldiers died and be a little more compassionate. And here we are in the Midwest, and we come out to the East Coast, we are in love with, with Virginia, we're in love with Tennessee, we're in love with the entire East Coast in these battles, that we feel like we're making a difference now. And to us, it's more important than the finances that we make on these. So, yeah, we do our corporate work, we go and do those projects, but literally they help finance a lot of this. And, you know, down the road, we might make some money, but we're not into it for the money. And I think that that's that's very well put, and I would guess that's true most of us who do things that involve history in some way for for a living. Uh, many of us could have found other ways to probably make more money. Yeah, but we do what we're called to do. Absolutely, and, and you know, and that's the whole thing about it. as a company. You know, <clears throat> our business models on our website. I mean, uh, we are we are 100% about trying to preserve battlefields and make sure that the the memory of you know 620 thousand uh, American casualties, you know, stays a permanent part of the American psyche. It's got to always be there. And and I, we really believe that <clears throat> through visual imagery we can help do that. And um, and we're proving it. We're working with Civil War Preservation Trust right now, which uh, to us is one of the highest honors that uh, that could be bestowed upon us. And, and we're working in conjunction with them um, on some projects right now. And, and it's um, they're a great organization. And and um, they're very aggressive, and they've got a great team right now, and uh, doing a lot. And uh, but there's always more to do. That's for sure. There's just a, a constant threat of uh, of development um, on these places, and we're losing them all the time. So. I think I think you're you're talking to an audience that is uh, sympathetic to that. I know I certainly am, and uh, I would urge. Uh, our listeners, as always, to, to be active in preservation. I'd like to talk more about preservation uh, a little bit later. I want to get back directly to the films. First, uh, encourage everybody listening to to type in www.wideawakefilms, all one word, .com, and look at the website. Uh, and if you feel moved to purchase one of these uh, videos, you can be assured from what we've heard that this will also contribute toward preservation. Let's talk about one of those videos in particular, um, uh, the Battle of Franklin, uh, titled Five Hours of Death. I watched this, and 
if I were a mean guy, I'd say, oh, it felt like five hours of death watching that. Um, but I don't really mean that. It was just a great line for a bad reviewer to use. <laughs> it is a good line. It's a great line, but it's not true. It didn't feel like five hours. It felt like the, the hour or so that it was, maybe less. Um, you set out to make this film on the Battle of Franklin, so th- it begins with a reenactment event taking place at Franklin before you get involved. Is that right? I mean, you don't set up the reenactment event, but rather you get a contract with an event Correct. that's already established. Correct. Yeah, we basically, we, we've we been doing it enough that we get a call typically uh, early on from, the uh, you know, whoever's running that event, um, uh, you know, hey, would you guys be interested um, in submitting a proposal? So, so you, you submit a proposal. Do you write the film and then shoot it while you're there? Do you know what scenes you're looking for, or do you just shoot uh, a truckload of footage and then put it together? Yeah, that's a great question, and you know, you'd think that after doing 15 of them or 14 of them, that that we would uh, have the script in hand when we show up. But typically, we've you know, uh, Franklin is uh, Rob, one of Rob's favorite battles, and absolutely one of mine. And um, we're we're both just uh, you know still students of it. Constantly hey, it's Richard McMurray's to... favorite battle too, by the way. It's who's Richard McMurray wrote two great Rebel armies. Uh, a great historian of the Western theater. He yeah. was on recently, and he said that was his favorite battle. Oh, it's just, it's the great saga. I mean, it's just, uh, you have Hood, you've got Claiborne, a guy who wants to to arm uh, African-Americans and give them their emancipation uh, to fight, but he's uh, he's put down, and he's, you know, it's just, uh, there's just so many great stories at Franklin. And, uh, <clears throat> but back to the question. Yes. I, uh, uh, you know, once we get the contract, we we start digging in heavily and start reading basically, and uh, and we arrive at the event in this case with a, a very good bullet point list of what we're going to do, and we tap a lot of our friends who are great um, researchers, um, you know, who really we have friends who just focus on that battle, and that's all they they focus on, and. Uh, uh, you know, we're able to really kind of amass just, you know, there's a lot of accounts that had never been published in that documentary, and that's thanks to uh, guys like Keith Matthews, uh, you know, who's, who've helped us out um, doing this, um, and Brian Allison as well. But uh, we're, you know, basically we, we walk into these events and we do shoot a lot of footage. Um, we shoot and shoot and shoot, and typically we walk away with anywhere from 15 to 20 hours of material that we go then um, and start the logging process, which takes, you would, you would think that, okay, I can log a tape in an hour. Well, not when you're shooting documentary-style uh, events as they occur. You know, we, we do a lot of setup stuff as well, sometimes at the reenactments, but the bulk of our footage is capturing the activity that's going on um, during the battles or, you know, when... You know, 4,000 federal troops march from point A to point B. There's always some great footage to gather there, too. You know, and, and the knack at these events is trying to keep the, the anachronisms out of them, and, and that's really what we're, uh, we're good at doing. And, uh, but basically, after the event, we go through this footage <clears throat> and kind of see what we can use uh, as the main thread through the piece. Um, and then we set up, uh, in this case, we, we did two different uh, what we call first unit shoots where we, we invite uh, uh, friends of ours uh, and others who, who have real high-quality uh, living history impressions to show up and, and help us uh, kind of fill in the gaps, if you will, um, uh, for the story. So you're saying you might have shots that took place at Franklin, but you might have a, 
a more generic thing shot on a different location with people you know to, to fill in a specific incident? Yeah, correct. And actually, when we do the, the specific stuff as well, usually we're shooting, uh, you know, we may take an original account and recreate it. You know, uh, I think you'll see, you've seen that. If you've seen the show, a lot of that stuff, we just let the original accounts drive the kind of the, the shot selection, if you will. So, Well, that, that struck me. I, I have a very limited involvement in this in that I worked at a museum for a number of years, and we put together we had various audiovisual exhibits, and one of them was, uh, several of them were illustrated with, with reenactment footage. The, the film company that we hired to do that went and, and filmed a sort of random, I don't know which reenactment it was, and they used bits and pieces of it here and there. And one thing that always, I wouldn't say bothered me, but I, I was always aware of was how generic our footage was if the if one piece was talking about Antietam, there's some guys charging across the field, and the next piece is talking about uh, you know, Franklin, there's, I can tell it's the same guys in the same field, maybe not the same shot. Yeah. Uh, whereas your, your Franklin video is certainly specific to Franklin. There are so many uh, pictures of the Carter house that is there in the middle of the battlefield that you can't mistake it for another battlefield. Yes. And we shot at the Carter house, so... Yeah, we it, we actually went to the in this instance Franklin. We went to uh, Carnton, which was a Confederate field hospital after the battle. Mm-hmm. The Carter House, which was like the crucible of the battle, and uh, and recreated scenes on both of those historic locations. So we were able to, you know, and we always think there's some good mojo there if we're shooting, you know, on the on the actual places as well. So. Uh, uh, but you know, in regards to what you see in the films, uh, you know, Rob is just. He is a material culture junkie and, and knows the, the material culture and the uniforms uh, like nobody else, and, uh, and that's his true art. He's very good at it. And, and he's really, uh, since we kind of joined forces uh, uh, in the late 90s, has really helped, uh, from my standpoint, that's not my forte, but has really helped to improve uh, what you see on the screen. Um, we, uh, if you look at our, say our Chickamauga documentary, for example, um, all the flags, when we talk about certain units in that battle, all of the Confederate flags are absolutely accurate. <laughs> we just, and, and would you know that? No. Howie Mattis, uh, who's a, the Confederate flag guru, we, we called him and asked him repeatedly, would you know that if you didn't know anything about the war? No, but... We just try to make sure that uh, we're as accurate as we can be visually with what we're showing you, and and hopefully on on some level, you know, the one percent of the one percent who really know what they're really looking at are going to like that. And then uh, just being accurate is how it ought to be presented, because it just uh, serves everybody who actually went through the struggle of those events uh, really well. So let me push you on that point a bit, though. Getting the flags right, getting the uniform, the material culture details right. Uh, no historian's going to say that's unimportant or you shouldn't do it, sure. but it's not the heart of what you're trying to do. It seems to me, if you have a, a if, if you get a shot where a guy's wearing a wristwatch or he's got sunglasses on, yeah, obviously that's going to break the the audience's suspension of disbelief. They're they're going to realize, oh, it's a film. But the deeper story of what happened and why it happened and and the sense that you're there is is not. Built on thread counts in the pants, but on uh, on on deeper things. Sure. The music tells us we're going to have to come back and talk about this important point when we return on Civil War Talk Radio. <laughs> 